kind of recap a little bit of what we talked about last week. And so before we get into the word, I think it's always good for us to pray. Somebody say amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, right now, as we come before you in your word, Father, we ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Father, speak to us that, Lord, we will receive of your word. Father, that we would grow. Father, and have a deeper understanding. Enlighten us to your revelation of of your word. And, Father, the things that we can have. And, Father, by the words that we say and the actions that we do, Lord, that it would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, last week we talked about God's creative power, which is the law of confession. Somebody say the law of confession. Law of confession. And so, you know, if you're not careful, you can have what you say. Amen. And so the word of God tells us that. And so I want you to quickly turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 and verse 18. Mark chapter 11. I'm sorry. We're going to go to Mark 4 in a minute. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. I want to start there. And then we'll go back to Mark chapter 4 in just a little while. But uh, Mark chapter 11 and verse 23, and it says this, For verily I say unto you that whosoever, I want you to circle that whosoever in your Bible, and I want you to speak to yourself, say, I'm a whosoever. All right, say it like you mean it this morning, say, I'm a whosoever. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, he, it shall come to pass, uh, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, if you study, as you study that scripture and you look at it, it's, there is three times as much saying as there is believing. You only have to believe once, but many times it takes us a lot of saying for us to get to the point that we believe it. Amen. And so we have to put action to our faith. Amen. And so one of those actions is for us to speak to the mountain. Somebody say, speak to the mountain. See, we need to speak to the mountain, not only just, re- just, just, just take everything as it is, but begin to speak to it. And so, you know, I wrote this down. I thought this was a good quote that I heard from a great man of God. It says, many people are just speaking what they have instead of speaking what God's word declares. And so many times when we look at our circumstance or our situation, whether it's a testimony or whatever it is, we need to begin to declare what God's word says. That even in our everyday talk, in our everyday conversation, we need to declare what does God's word say and what does God's word declare over us. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't speak doubt and unbelief and don't speak the negative connotation. You know, somebody might say, I'm dying to go see that movie. Well, don't say that. That's a negative confession. And so if you're not careful, you don't understand that what you're doing is your spirit man is actually releasing the power. There's power in your words. And as you begin to declare and speak things over someone, see, you have to be careful that, that even as you're speaking over someone else, that you're not confessing negative things over their life. Oh, you know what? My, my son will never graduate. Well, you keep saying that. They're never going to graduate. Because of the words that came out of someone's mouth. That's why we had to be careful the words that come out of our mouth. That's why I believe it's so important that we ought to even not, this isn't even in my notes at all, not gossip about one another as believers in Christ. Because when we say something negative about someone else, we don't know what God's doing in their life. And when we speak that, all we're doing is speaking the negative over their life. Well, that person never shows up on time. Well, you know what happens the next time they go to show up? They don't show up on time. 
You know, I speak, man, I thank God everyone shows up on time every time. Everything is works out just right according to the way God wants it to work. Amen. And speak over life. Speak good words. You don't have to speak the negative. God already knows that they're not on time or God already knows what your situation is. Stop speaking what you have. You walk around, you look in your wallet and say, oh, I got no money. God already knows you don't have any money in your wallet. But speak, man, I call you fool in Jesus' name. God, I confess over this wallet. You said give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And you begin to speak over it and begin to declare what does God's word say over the situation. Amen. But see, it's hard for us to receive a word if we're not in the house to hear a word. Amen. See, it's hard for us to get receive a word if we're not in the house to receive it. Amen. And I'm not saying that God only speaks to you, but see, as I'm speaking and as I'm ministering today, I believe that God will speak through me something that you'll say, oh, I needed that, Pastor Justin. Oh, I needed that word. Oh, that was for me. Amen. Because your faith is pulling on me to receive God. What is it that you have for me? Amen. It's not about me. It's about you today. It's about what does God have for you today? Somebody say amen. And so stop just looking at your circumstances and your situation and begin to declare God's word. Many people are just speaking what they have instead of speaking what God's word declares. See, we need to go to God. We need to pray the answer and not pray the problem. Many times when we go to God in prayer, we go to God in prayer with our situation, and all we do is tell him the situation. God already knows the situation. Just like when, when, when Jesus was on the boat with the disciples, and he was asleep in the boat, and the waves and the wind began to rock, and, and almost, so much so that the disciples came and said, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? And what did Jesus get up and do? He didn't get up and pray to God, God, please save us. God, turn down this wind. No, you know what he did? He had authority to speak the word, and he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. Peace, be still. And what happened? Everything calmed down. See, we have the ability that in your family, in your household, especially fathers, you can speak peace, be still. That you don't have to have strife and, uh, and argument and arguing and all those things in your household. That you can speak, you can declare peace over your household. Somebody say amen. And so God knows what you even have need of before you ask. However, it's interesting God's word does require us, God does require us to ask. We must ask in faith, believing that he is able to do what he said he would do. Just like Abraham. Abraham was fully convinced that what God, uh, that convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So much so that he was willing to lay his only son on the altar. And if God had to raise him up from the dead, God would give him back his son. That's how much of a fully persuaded, how much of a belief in God's word that he had. But then again, not to go back to it, but just to think about some believers don't even have enough belief in God's word to give of their tithes and give of their offerings. And say, God, they, they just come and they tip God and say, God, here's your dollar today. I'm so glad I came into the house today and receive and believe in to receive the best from God. I don't know what you gave this morning. See, we have to be willing to say, God, I'll lay down the boat. God, I'll lay down the house. God, I'll lay down the car. God, I'll lay down the job, whatever it is, because I want to have you in my life. You are more important than anything else in my life. Amen. 
Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Psalms 19, 14 says, the words of my mouth and the, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If we can, I want you to go to that one if you can. Can y'all go over to Psalms 19, 14? It says, let the words, somebody say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Not only do our words have to be acceptable, but the meditation of our heart. You know, the Bible talks about that the meditation, we ought to meditate, mull over the word of God, meditate on the things of God. You know, if all you do is think about defeat and destruction and how bad your life is, then you know what? You're never going to be able to get out of that situation. You got to say, God, what is it that your word says? Oh, I'm an overcomer. Oh, I'm going to think about, I'm going to meditate on the fact that I'm an overcomer and I don't care what might be going on around me. I don't care what happened yesterday. I'm meditating on the fact that I'm an overcomer and he that lives in me is greater than he that's in the world and I'm an overcomer and he that overcometh the world, God is for me and he, it doesn't matter who's against me. Somebody say amen. amen. So you had to have a testimony of faith, and began to speak, let the words of your mouth. And so agree with what God says. Agree with what he says about you. You know, just a reference, you know, in Revelation chapter 12, it says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word, the word, somebody say the word of our testimony. See, if our testimony doesn't line up with God's word, then we're going to have a negative testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's Jesus. How I many know Jesus was slain on the cross that he, he's the blood, that his blood was shed for you and I. That's one way. That's one part of how we overcome. But the second, that's God's part. How many know to everything? It's interesting. There's a, a, a Godward side and a manward side. That, you know, that many times like in the church, you know, there's, there's a business side to a church. And then there's also the God side of a church. Amen. And so sometimes we, we get that confused a little bit, especially in the house of God, but, but we ought not to because we must understand that there's a man side and a God side to everything. God has already, Jesus has already come. He's already shed his blood. He's done his part. The reason why I believe many are not overcoming is because they aren't coming because the word of their testimony doesn't line up with God's word. Instead, you know what it lines up with? It lines up with the devil's word. It lines up with defeat and, and, and death and destruction and say, oh, well, I, I just knew my car was going to blow up. I just knew my car was going to blow a tire. See, when we think about the life, of, like think about if you think about the life of Job, you know, if you think about his life, he said, the thing that I feared most has come upon me. He began to fear and he began to speak. And as he did, the enemy had a way into his life. It wasn't God that put him through all these things that happened in his life. Amen. Amen. And so as we can see, because God is good, I'm going to show it here. I'm going to show you some scriptures here in a moment. And so you had to be careful that what you speak over your life, what you speak. See, that's why we, when we, when we need to be careful. You know, I want my daughter to be in the house of God as often as she can be in the house of God. 
as much as she can. I don't give an opportunity. You know, I don't care if she's got homework or not. You know what? If it's Wednesday night, she's going to be at church on Wednesday night. When we have revival meeting, I didn't matter how late it was. When we were here, she was here. Amen. I don't care if she's got to sleep on the front row because it's important that my children be in the house of God. Amen. I didn't say, oh, well, it's okay. You know, I know she's tired and she's got to get up early in the morning and we'll just let her stay home tonight. No, no, no. Same thing with sickness. Well, you know, my child, they had a little cough today, and I just didn't want to bring them. Bring them to church and let them sit back here on the side away from everybody else and let the presence of God, the fullness of God, the touch of God come and change their life. You know, it's amazing. You never see. You go by somebody's house and say, oh, I'm sick. Go by after church. And you say, well, they didn't miss Walmart. They had to make it to the CVS to make sure that they got to Walmart or CVS. Preach it, Pastor Justin. I'm going to preach it this morning. I'm preaching myself this morning. I feel like I'm all alone up here. But see, that's why we ought to be in the house of God, because greater is he that's in me. See, we get to the point that, I don't know about you, Jesus is my healer. My medication is not my healer. Well, let me rephrase that. The Lord correct me. I don't have any medication. I don't take medication. I don't have it. not my medication. But medication is not my healer. God is my healer. And see, God, if, if God be before me, then what does it matter who's against me? I'm just speaking over myself for a moment, amen. You can speak whatever you want to and confess whatever you want to over your life, but I'm going to speak health and, and, and life over me, amen. Now, that doesn't mean that the enemy won't come and try to attack. That doesn't mean that, that the sniffles won't try to come. But the moment that they come, you know, my faith has begun to grow. When I was growing up, I, I used to get, uh, I, had, I, I, I had, I had, I'd say had, when I was growing up, I had to use a nebulizer and I had asthma and bronchitis and those kind of things. And so when I, as I was getting older, as I got this faith message on the inside of me, I used to hear his family members say, oh, that's that bronchitis starting up. You know what? And so and when I was younger, every year, about the time that the, the weather would change, all of a sudden I would get something like that. But then I, I started confessing, no, Jesus is my healer. I'm not receiving that. I'm, that bronchitis isn't mine. I'm not having that. And I began to rebuke that in Jesus' name. And now, you know what? That, that doesn't faze me at all. I don't have any symptoms of that ever whatsoever. Amen. See, the same thing can be true in your life. You can speak over your situation, speak over your life. Amen. But see, we must stay in agreement with our testimony. Christianity is called the great confession. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Watch your words. And see, your words are declaring your testimony. Verse 13, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I love this. I want you to go here. I want you to confess this. I want you to write this down. I want you to highlight it in your Bible. It says this, Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 says, let, the con- let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content such as things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We may, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. I want everybody to say that this morning. Say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Or what can man do to me? That's what he says in, the, in a question. He says, what can man do to me? Sometimes the best answer is, the Lord is my helper. That you might be going and, and trying to, 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 to do a business project or, or build a something or do something. And somebody say, oh, it don't look like that's working out. And you can just look at them and say, 
The Lord is my helper. I'm not going to be worried. I'm giving that over to the, war, the, to the Lord, and I'm not worried about it. I've put that concern and cast it on him, and the Lord is my helper, and he's going to help me every step of the way. Somebody say amen. amen. And see, uh, and, and so uh, the disciples even, uh, it, it talks about in uh, John the Baptist. As, as John the Baptist, he had to get to a point that, that he had to understand that the Lord was his helper. I, w- I want you to look at something here, and I'm going to close with this because we've got to get to baptisms here in a moment. But I want you to quickly go to Luke chapter 7. And um, this is John the Baptist here. And, and John the Baptist is, is, is now found himself in prison. He's found himself in a place, in a dark place where, you know, it's, it's a dungeon. It's a prison. It's not like today's prisons. And it's to a place that, that he himself, he begins to, to be concerned and, and to question and wants to make sure that what he did was right and what he did what the Lord wanted him to do. And verse 18 says this, And then the disciples of John, John the Baptist, reported to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples, said to him, uh, said to, uh, to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said to John, said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of the infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and many of the blind, uh, and to many blind he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard, that the blind see, everybody say, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. That was the report. And so I want you to see this. And, 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 and so he, he asked them, and he, and he goes to them and, and asks them to go and ask. And that's what Jesus responds to the disciples of John. He responds that to them so that he would know that, yes, I am the Christ. Yes, I am the one. You did do what you said you would do. But what is interesting that I think is, 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 is interesting that I found is that John the Baptist, he was there when he baptized Jesus in the river. And all of a sudden, he saw the Holy Spirit come down like a dove. And he even heard the voice of God. I want us to go there. I want, you to, re- I want to read this. Here in Matthew chapter 3. Go there quickly to Matthew chapter 3 so I can kind of put this in perspective for you today. Therefore, verse 8, John, Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think and say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. In other words, don't get so highly thinking of yourself. Even now, as the axe is laid upon the root of trees, therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down from the throne and, and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say, Jesus will baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. See, there, there is something more than just receiving salvation. Jesus wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
And he says, and his winnowing fan is, is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Church, I'm here to tell you today that there's coming a day that there's not going to be any middle ground in the church, that you can't live half in the church and half in the world, that there's coming a day that the real church is going to rise, that it has to rise up, and there'll be coming a day that, that you'll know the difference between real Christians and those that just, uh, that, 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 that are fake Christians. That in this church where that you can see today, there will be a day that you'll be able to come in and the presence of God will be so strong that people will begin to receive healing, miracles, signs and wonders just sitting in the presence of God because that day is on its way. It's coming. Jesus is coming back. And when Jesus is on his return, he's coming back, but he's waiting for the church. The church it needs to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. That's why we have to be baptized and have the fire of the Holy Ghost so that we have the words that God wants us to say, so that we have the right things to say to someone else. Instead, don't speak over someone else. Say, oh, well, you know, that person, that, the way that they grew up, oh, that person's never going to get saved. Don't speak that over them. Say, God, I know that you can save that person. God, I know that you can have that person be restored into right relations with you. God, you can turn it around. Amen. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan River to be baptized of him. Verse 14. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be, uh, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. And Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. Then when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, I don't know about you. I've never, you know, that would be a pretty amazing experience to be there when all of a sudden the heavens open up and. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and you hear the voice of God saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. But he was at that place, and at that moment, that, that amazing thing happened. That divine intervention happened right there, but yet, a couple of chapters later, you can read on, and I've already referenced it, that John Baptist finds himself in prison, in a low point in his life, that he starts to say, I need to send some disciples to say, God, is Jesus the one? And not that he's questioning it, but, but in other words, he wants to make sure that he gets it right. And see, the enemy will come. How many of the enemies, the destroyer, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And there's things that happened that I don't know what it was, but that the enemy came and got and tried to attack and tried to get him to a place that he began to question. But see, the whole remedy for what happens whenever we start to question is we ought to run to the word. Look at when John was at his lowest point, when John was there in prison, he sent his disciples and he didn't say, go talk to the disciples. He didn't say, go ask someone. He said, I want you to go talk to Jesus and ask Jesus. In other words, he said, I want you to run to the word and say, are you the one? Is the word. How many know that Jesus, John 1, 1 says, in the, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And verse 14 says, and Jesus was the word and it became manifest. Amen. And so Jesus was the word. And so John was saying, run to the word. 
When we find ourselves in a situation that we don't have the answer for, we ought to run to God and to his word and not from it. Many times we run from and say, oh, well, whatever will be, will be, and we'll just let it happen. No. What does what God's word declare? What does God's word say about the subject? When the, when the mountain comes in front of you, you don't have to walk over the mountain. You don't have to walk around the mountain. You can speak to the mountain and command the mountain to be plucked up and cast into the sea, and you just walk on in victory. But instead, too many people think that God placed the mountain in front of them to teach them a lesson. No, God did not put the mountain there. He gave us his word to speak to the mountain, and the mountain would have to be removed. Somebody say amen to that. And see, that's why when we're filled with the, fa- with the fire of the Holy Ghost, then God will help the, hel- the, 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 the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He'll bring remembrance to the things that we ought to remember. And he'll give us the words to say when we, not, when we know not the words that we ought to say. And we can begin to speak out from our spirit. Whether that's in tongues or in our own interpretation that we know. And to de- declare what the word of God says. Somebody say amen. amen. And so that's why it's important. And so... As we go, as we speak, we need to find ourselves, no matter where our situation is, find God's word on the subject and begin to declare God's word over our lives, over our situation, no matter what, no matter if it look, whatever it looks like, it doesn't matter what your situation might be in. You can begin to declare. If you think about Paul and Silas, they were in prison. And instead of looking at their circumstances and starting to mope and say, well, you know what? We had a good run, man. I wish Jesus would come and do something for us. They're chained. They're barred. There's nowhere for them to go. And what did they do? They began to sing and praise the Lord. And as they did, their mind got off of their chains. Their mind got off of the bars. And their mind got focused on Jesus. And the power of God came down so much that an earthquake came and opened all the prison doors and all the chains were loosed because they had a focus on God's word on God on godly things they began to declare and speak out and their their testimony did not waver from the Lord I'm going to close with this that that goes along with this Uh, it said you know the Bible says this that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord shall deliver us out of them all see we overcome them all We just need to get it right that there are things that happen in life. There are tests and trials that happen in our lives. There there are things that happen in our lives. But we just need to understand who is the author of the test and the trial. It's not God. It's not God. God God will test. He will test us our faith. He'll say he wants to know whether or not you'll do what he says he's going to do. And if you'll be obedient to his word. You know how he tests your faith? By obedience. Will you obey his word? He doesn't put a bad, he doesn't put cancer on somebody to test them to see, man, I wonder if they're going to believe for my healing. No, that's not of God. God, but, but, and so we have to understand the author of, of, of those tests and trials of what a bad situation is not God, it's the devil. James 1 says it this way, and I think it says it the plainest way that we could read. It says in verse 13, James chapter 1 in verse 13 in the NIV, it says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire is con- has conceived, it gives birth to sin. 
And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good gift, everybody say every good gift. Every perfect gift is from above. All right, I only got half the crowd. Everybody say it again. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us his birth through his word, through the word of truth. Love, I love that. Verse 17 and 18. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Everybody say like shifting shadows. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, you hear all this preaching, or I used to, it's not as big anymore. Um, God's shifting you. You know what? God doesn't shift. I just read through the scripture. You know what it is? We need to get on board with what God says. Many times we think God's shifting us. God isn't shifting us. He already gave us his word. He's just been waiting on you to get on board with his word. And we think, oh, man, God's shifting me. No, God's not shifting you. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change like a shifting shadow. Truth, anyhow. Verse 18, I love this. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. That's this, the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Your life is supposed to be as like a first fruits of all that God created. Your life should be the first fruits. We are the first fruits of the ground. We are the ones that God has given us, that we're the ones that should be the example, the salt and the light in the world which we live because of his word, because we live according to the word of God. Somebody say amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. That's all I got today. But I pray that that blessed you today and that that touched your life today. And that, that, and, and I want to encourage you because I want you to take an account of what your words are and what you're saying.